0: Friend, thanks for checking out the Crosspoint Church podcast. It's our hope that these messages will encourage you to grow and thrive in your relationship with Christ. You can find more like this at thecrosspoint.com. So we are in the series we've been talking from the book of Hebrews, and love for you to get your copy of God's Word if you have a copy this morning, and join me in just a moment. I know watching that, I, I can just imagine that some of you feel like I do this time of year, just a little bit too much noise, and trying to keep my focus on what's most important. It can just become overwhelming sometimes, and that's what we've been talking about. I, you know, this time of year, Almost every year I kinda go through this season where I'm thinking about songs because I love music and I love to listen to Christmas music, but there are just a few songs that I would be just fine if I never hear them again. I don't know if that's you, but I was thinking of some of mine this year, and sometimes it changes from year to year, but I was thinking of a few. One of mine on my list is uh, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. I I just. I know, that it sounds maybe like I'm being a little ba humbug, but I just don't think that was a good moment for Paul McCartney. Or, you know, all I want for Christmas is you, Mariah Carey. You guys agree or no? No, you're not with me on that one. Uh, so this is Christmas, John Lennon, ah, it's just doesn't do much for me. And then Last Christmas by Wham, that's like, oh, or Santa Baby. I'm just not sure on that. I kind of go back and forth on that. So I just thought I'd see if we're on the same page this morning. So I want you to vote. Okay, so you're going to see this list come up. And when we get to the song you think is the worst song, I want you to boo Hiss, really let people know I don't like that song. So boo, hiss, make some noise. It's like on the worst song you think, the one that you think is the worst song. Okay, let's go for for the first one. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Okay, not much on that. All I want for Christmas is you, Mariah. A little more on that. So this is Christmas, John Lennon. Santa, baby. Wow. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. I'm with you on that one. I just think that is like, can, can you believe that? It's like, last Christmas, I gave you my heart, and the very next day, you get, I mean, come on, let's think of something happier, you know, a little joy for this season. But, you know, hearing those songs, it it can be a a little difficult as as we're talking about this morning. Do you hear what I hear? That the songs of Christmas and the sounds of Christmas can kind of become background noise that begins to overwhelm the true message of Christmas. And, you know, I was reading, and I thought this is fascinating when it comes to hearing, I was reading... That in our mother's womb, the first sense that we get out of our five senses is touch. But the one right after that is hearing. And that's surprising. So the baby can start hearing sounds within its mother's womb at like 25 weeks or something like that when you're about the size of an avocado. And then a few weeks after that, you can actually hear sounds outside of the body. And so it's like one of the first senses that we gain and one of the last senses that we lose. Although my wife would probably debate that. So sometimes she says, did you hear what I said? Yes, I heard. So my, it's not that my hearing is going, it's my ability to listen and respond. Any guys with me this morning, it's like your wife says, did you hear what I said? Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm computing. It takes me a minute with my processor, but I, I, can, I can lose my sense of listening well, and I, I feel this especially at Christmas. One more Christmas ad that says, you know, this is only good till until Friday, or uh, political ads that, you know, the election season just seems to be one long thing, doesn't it? It's like it just spills over into the next year. This is the most important election of your life. That We hear that every time. Or abandoned animals, and I have a heart for animals. It's just like, come on, give, give, give me a break. And so we're inundated with all these words. We hear more and more words just when we think we're gonna get a, uh, a space to rest, rest our mind and figure this out, whether it comes to uh, X or Twitter, so yesterday, you know, now it's moving on to Reddit and Slacker and these other things, TikTok and a bunch of platforms we're still trying to, to figure out because it just keeps moving faster and faster. And what can happen is that we miss what's most important, because, because of all the words. I think this is part of what we're looking at in the book of Hebrews. It's a message that keeps coming through as the writer is talking to these Christians about 30 years after the resurrection. And this theme that keeps coming up is, are you listening? He says it like this, do you have an ear? Let it, He who has ears, let him hear. In other words, there's a message that God is speaking, but we can lose it amid the backdrop of all the noise and the conflicting voices. And words are powerful. If you don't believe me, just think about some of these words I love you. I forgive you. Will you forgive me? You're pregnant, it's a boy. Those words have power, and the big events of our lives are shaped by words. Words come into play, and they, they begin to shape our lives, the things that are most important. I want to just, over these next few minutes, we're going to look at these words in Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews. But I just want to be up front with you, those of us that are here this morning. I, I really have kind of two groups in mind. One are those that have been Christians a long time, perhaps you would even say, you know, I can't remember when I wasn't a Christian. But maybe through the course of life, you can become just a little numb to the good news, not just of Christmas, but the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm thinking of me and I'm thinking of you this morning, maybe you haven't been in church in a while, I'm so glad that you're here. But just that you would hear afresh what this writer is saying. But I'm also thinking about some of you, maybe you're here a little bit reluctantly. Maybe you just come now and then. I'm so glad that you're here. But I want to invite you to hear the message of Jesus and to encounter him in a way that you would believe and put your faith in Jesus Christ and experience a relationship with with him. So I'm just upfront with you i'm I'm saying this because I care about you. It's not like I want more people to come to our church, of course, but more than that, I want you to trust Jesus Christ and believe in him completely and to be baptized so that's that's really our agenda this morning as as we look at these verses in the book of Hebrews now we've For those of you that haven't been with us, we've looked at a couple of of chapters in Hebrews. We're not going to look at the whole chapter this morning, but I want to point your attention to a couple of verses in chapter 3, where the writer says this, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, so he's talking to Christians, talking to believers, Those of you that share in this heavenly calling, God has called you, so what? What have I said so far and what is his point now? Here it is, consider Jesus, consider Jesus. Hearing all these voices, we talked about prophets, talked about the Old Testament, I want you to focus your attention on Jesus. the the apostle or the messenger of God and high priest of our confession. So he's talking about Jesus' identity. Let's go down to verse seven. Therefore, so I've said all that to say this, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, do not harden your hearts, or rather today, if you hear his voice. Let's just pause there. Today, if you hear his voice. So this, this setting here, Christians who are hearing different messages. There are some that say, okay, you're a Christian, but you guys are selling out. You're not like true, legit Jewish Christians. So some of these had come from the Jewish tradition, became a Christian. Others who were completely pagan, becoming Christian, and the mixture of this, and some of them are saying, you're not legit, and the other people are saying, you're not legit, and the, and the writer here is saying, here, let's focus. Consider Jesus. He's, he's the main point. Focus your attention on what he has said, because the prophets are great, Moses, Daniel, Isaiah, Ezekiel, but Jesus is the one who has spoken in the last days. We looked at this verse, chapter one, verse two, in these last days, and we are in the last days. Everything from Jesus' resurrection on is the last last days. In these last days, God has spoken to us by his son, that is Jesus. How has God spoken? What has he said? Jesus, that's the big, big word. Jesus, has spoken, so God has made you to hear and listen to the good news. He's made you to hear it. Words are important to God, began this way. If you know in the book of Genesis, when God created the heavens and the earth, what was the first thing he did? He spoke, let there be light. And there was light. When he was going to make you, when he was going to make mankind, he said, let us make man in our image. It began with words, and then the actions followed the words. It progressed from there, God speaking through the prophets. Then when we get to the New Testament, this that we celebrate this weekend and next weekend, that God spoke through Gabriel to Joseph, your wife to be is gonna have a son, you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. And to Mary and then to shepherds, to you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. God was speaking and God spoke through Jesus. Why these words matter is because this is the son of God speaking but we can lose the sense of of the importance of words because we're inundated with them. I was thinking about words and the significance that they play in a relationship. So my wife and I, uh, before we were married, we, had, we didn't know each other. We, we were introduced through a common friend. Uh, so this was back in the 1900s. So in the 1900s, in the, uh, in the decades that I, I was born and lived, uh, so we started, we started emailing each other. That's the way we got to know each other. Now, there was no FaceTime and all this. And, and Becky decided that because we had had a string of bad dating relationships, she said, you know what, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna listen to what he says, and I'm not gonna scope him out on the web and find videos of him and look at pictures, I'm just, I just wanna hear his heart. And I thought that was awesome, but I wasn't as spiritual as her, so I cheated and looked at pictures. <laughs> And found out that she was Miss Idaho and all that at some point. So, so you know, I, but we got to know each other primarily through words so that when we finally met in California where she was living, I already felt like I pretty much knew her. And how did that happen? It happened because of words, Words frame relationships, and this is why the writer is saying, consider Jesus. God had you in mind when he spoke the good news in Jesus Christ. Uh, Somebody says, well, that was then, but this is now. Good for Mary, good for Joseph, good for the shepherds. But that's why he says to these early Christians, and now to us, as the Holy Spirit says today if you hear his voice. You know, many words have an expiration date. I don't know if it, this happens to you, but we get a coupon and Murphy's Law says this, that when we put it in, in the stack of coupons and certificates and so on, when we run across it again, Murphy's Law says it will be one day after it expires. Does that happen to you? It's like, oh man, that's that just expired yesterday. This happened to me a few weeks ago. I found a hotel certificate somebody, an organization, had given us for two free nights at this nice hotel, and it didn't have an expiration date on it. So I said, well, I'm gonna check it out, you know. So I call them, and i say, hey, I've got this gift certificate, wanna book two nights, uh, can, can you make this happen? Asked me to describe this gift certificate, and they said, well, I don't recognize that number on there, can you send me a picture of it? I sent her a picture of it. She was very nice, but she says, let me do some research. I thought she's gonna come back and say, you know, since there's no expiration date on it, uh, we're going to honor it. But no, she says, we can't find any information. This must have been back in the 1900s when, you, <laughs> when we gave this to you. It's no longer good. However, we can book you a room at one of our best prices. I said, I don't want that. I want free. <laughs> Expired. God's news isn't like that, it hasn't expired. Today, if you hear his voice, that's a prerequisite. God's news hasn't expired. God wants to save us, to save you, and some of you go, I don't need saving. You don't. Isn't there something about society we're kind of leaning in, hoping, for something good to happen? Don't we kinda lean in, tune in? If somebody says, hey, we've got some good news, he say, what is it? Because we hear all the bad news. God wants to save us from our alienation, from him, first of all, but also our alienation from each other. God wants to save us from our gods, our little g-gods, our gods of pursuing Eternal youth are gods of beauty and fame and greed. Are gods of always having a sexy body. And God wants to free us from this alienation we feel from each other, but most of all from him because he knows we will only flourish when we are in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So he says today, if you hear his voice. But there is a warning here. There is a warning. Today, if you hear his voice, that's a prerequisite. But then he says in verse 8, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. Nobody wants to volunteer for that. Nobody's, nobody's hard hearted, are we? I mean, let's just take a poll. I want all the hard hearted people to raise your hand right now. <laughs> I didn't think so. Nobody says, I'm hard but we do become hard-hearted. We don't intend to, just happens bit by bit. I was rereading The Christmas Carol. How many of you have read The Christmas Carol or seen the movie or seen the play? How many of you have not? You've never heard of Scrooge? It's amazing. Yeah, I got one young man up here that hasn't heard of Scrooge yet. Most of us know Scrooge. So I was rereading it because I think, I, I want to see this, hear this story again. It's so famous, so well-known, translated into so many languages. They've lost count of how many books have been published under Charles Dickens' name from this story. Musicals and so on. So I'm reading it and I'm looking at this guy, Scrooge. He started out as a young man, the ghost of Christmas Past comes to visit him at night, says, I want to show you Christmas in your background. So he takes him back and he shows him scenes from his childhood, trying to awaken in him something. And I was watching this and just or, or reading it and seeing these scenes over again that Ebenezer started out as a, as a boy full of joy. But over time, just decision after decision, choosing greed over love, becomes harder and harder until he's just a man with a heart of stone. Who, when somebody says "Merry Christmas," he says, "What? Bah, bah humbug." <laughs> Didn't start out that way. I know it's just a story, and some of you say, "Well, you know, oh, well that we like fuzzy stories like this," but. Isn't there some kind of thread in there that speaks to the problems of mankind? Isn't there somehow an echo that we hear in that we go, yeah, I don't want to be that. I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that woman that just suddenly, or, or over time rather, just progressively becomes harder and harder against the things that, that move us. And the voice of compassion can just slowly die in us. It's like the first time you discover what the Salvation Army is doing, you think, like, oh, that's great. I'm so glad they're helping people. And then after a while, just like they're ringing the bell outside, and you, you, and then after a while, you just, you know, you get, you kind of walk the other, through the other door, and then pretty soon we're saying, do they have to ring it so loud? That just gradually over time, we become dead to compassion, and it's not something that we intend to do. The Hebrews, this writer is reminding them, don't be hard hearted like your ancestors who in the wilderness, gradually became dead to the promises of God, the voice of God. Didn't intend to go there, but what happened? God had delivered them. Those of you that know the Bible know that this mighty exodus out of slavery toward the land of promise that God had promised to this nation that he had chosen. And then in the wilderness, in times of difficulty, when there was momentarily there were no water or momentarily they didn't have food to eat and God said miraculously showed up. But over time, they just began to be disillusioned with God. God, you brought us out here to die. God, where are you? Until they became hard-hearted and then they could not receive the promises of God. So, So the author is saying, don't be like them. We don't intend on it, but it happens. It's like I was thinking about flexibility a few years ago. I noticed that I could no longer touch my toes without pulling something why am I not flexible? Because if you don't do something about it, you just your muscles shorten. We don't start out that way. So, you know, I'm doing exercises and stretches, and I'm so much better now, thankfully. But I, then I was watching my grandson and watching him just, he was on his back, pulled up his foot and stuck it in his mouth. I'm thinking, how do you do that? He wouldn't tell me. and Don't picture that right now, me trying to do that. But what happens is we are never more flexible than when we are in our mother's womb. We start out so flexible. But if you don't do something about it, you will get stiffer and stiffer and stiffer. And it's the same way with our heart. We don't start out hard-hearted. We start out as sinners in rebellion against God, I'm still in process, but over time, I can become hardened to God's voice, to God's activity, to the good news of Christmas, bah humbug, to what God has done in Christ. Don't be like them. But what happens, I I become slower and slower to respond to God and I can get a hard heart. It can happen to a pastor. There have been moments in my life when I've gone through things and it just feel, I feel alone, "God, where are you?" And praying for someone to get well, pleading with God, they have cancer, God deliver them, extend their life, and then watch them die. And in those moments, I can, be, I can become disillusioned. "God, where are you?" And I have a choice, don't I? We have a choice in those moments to say, okay, am I gonna believe what my head is telling me? Am I gonna believe what I feel right now? Am I gonna believe what the enemy says? Or am I gonna trust God? Because everything is a belief system. Even saying, I don't believe in God, that's believing. You're extending your faith, and if we don't exercise the faith muscle as it were, we become stiffer and stiffer to God's voice until we become numb to the message of God that he's saying here, consider Jesus Today, if you hear the Holy Spirit, consider his voice. So I have a choice. Am I going to trust myself? Am I going to just listen to pop culture, to Taylor Swift, just shake it off, shake it off? Is that the message? Or am I going to say, I don't understand right now, but I know that God has come in Christ, and he has spoken, and the world has forever changed. I'll trust that. Now, what are you listening to? What is shaping you? words are shaping you what voices are you giving credence to is it your bitter uncle is it that prognosticator on the news that you listen to every day and you give your heart to and soul to it's doing something to you what what is shaping you what gives me hope What keeps me from becoming hardened against the voice of God? Because God has spoken in Christ. God spoke in a garden. God spoke in a manger. God spoke through his son. When Jesus came on the scene and his first sermon was this, Luke 4 and 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news. Words. Am I going to trust that? God has spoken. God spoke not only to Gabriel and to Mary and Joseph and through Jesus Christ. God spoke even when he wasn't speaking on the cross when Jesus suffered and bled and died and he said, Father, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? And the heavens were silent. God was still speaking in that. What was he saying? He was saying this, if you're suffering. I speak your language. You can't look at the cross and say, God, you don't get it. God understands suffering. He understands silence. He understands brokenness. He understands tragedy. God speaks that language, but here's the deal. There are other voices speaking too. Just like in the garden, God spoke, but also there was a serpent speaking who was saying, God isn't fair, you can't trust him. You're missing out. And My friend, that's not just then, it's now too. God's enemy is still speaking. And the, and the decision we make is whether or not we're going to trust God's voice. Don't be like them today if you hear his voice. That's it, isn't it? You know all you have is today. You don't have tomorrow, I don't have tomorrow. We don't have the future. We don't have yesterday. We try to correct it. We say I'm sorry, we we know that God can redeem our past but we don't wanna live in yesterday and we don't wanna live in the future. This is what we have today if you hear his voice what are you going to do today this moment whose voice are you listening to what's shaping you so I ask you a question Christian on a scale of one to ten compared to 10 years ago is your heart softer more tender or is it harder is it harder to hear God's voice Have you become stiffer on the inside? If you don't ask for intervention and supernatural help, you will become hardened. You and I will become more stiff, more inflexible. But if we say, God help me, today I'm listening. He says, I can work with that. I can work with that. So I invite you to say yes to him again in a fresh way today. You as a Christian, maybe you've been away from the Lord a while. You would come back home today. I'm listening, Lord. I wanna hear this message again, hear it fresh. For those of you that have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today if you hear his voice, the offer of salvation is still good. God saves, that's what the name Jesus means. God saves, not past tense, God saved. It's over, expired, no. God saves, today. I was thinking about that and I see Haley up here in the front, I remember a few years ago, her mom asked her to come. Mom, a woman of faith, dad, man of faith. Said, okay, I'll come. She sat in a service like this. One of those services she said okay, I'm in. She raised her hand to believe in Jesus. Then her husband came to faith. Now she leads our early childhood ministry in this church. That was just like three or four years ago. Some of you may look around and go, I just think everybody that's here, you kind of grew up in it. You know, It's just what you did because you grew up that way. No, if you knew all the stories, most of us here, there came a point where we said okay, today, Today's my day. Choosing to trust Jesus. That can be you. This could be your day to believe and be baptized. Not be baptized today, but get, the, get on the record, say I'm in. So I'm gonna lead us in prayer. We're gonna respond in worship a little bit more, but before we proceed anymore, that you would ask yourself the question, what, what, what voice am I listening to? Who am I trusting today? a is a day. Father, we come. We recognize, Lord, how the voices of this world and your enemy can cloud the true message from Jesus Christ, the good news that God has come in Christ to save people like me. And Lord, you want to save us not only from our sins, but from our hardness of heart I pray, God, for even those who've walked with you a while, that they would be on guard and say, I want my heart to still be tender, help me. So we ask for that today, a fresh work of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come, change us, make us tender us able to hear your voice. God, I don't want to be that kind of man that that becomes a Scrooge, not just with money, but just with life. Keep us tender in your presence. And Lord, for those who have yet to come to faith, that this would be the moment that they say yes to you. Holy Spirit, come. Open their hearts in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us. You can check out thecrosspoint.com for more resources like this.